0: This podcast was recorded in 2018. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Juniper Tree Presents Unvoiced After Show. I'm Louisa.
1: And I'm Aaron. We're tonight joined by the director and performers of Benchmarks, written by Ethan Taylor, Charlotte Everest, our director, Leanne Pettit. Thomas Judd and David Gurney are lovely actors.
0: Hooray! Hello everyone. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much everyone for joining us. We've just finished recording. How's everyone feeling? Everyone all right? Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. good. Tired? Fit tired. And scratchy. Tired. <laughs> tired and scratchy. That's what you want from the end yeah. of a podcast. That's
1: why we've brought the beers and <laughs> or Coca-Cola.
0: Should we start with you, Charlotte? So let's have a yes. let's have a quick chat with you. So um Charlotte is uh, our director of tonight's episode. Um, And as with all the directors we've had on this series, you're obviously incredibly busy. Um, Mm -hmm. You're also on the MA Director's Course at Mountview at the moment. And along with one of our other directors of our first episode, uh, Pollyanna, as well as the buddies. Nice. We are buddies. Um, (laughs) And you've done sort of long runs with, you know, great success at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. You've done a lot of site-specific stuff as well. Um, And most recently you've directed Lobster at Theatre 503. So now you've come to this, which is totally different to anything else. Mm -hmm. um, How is it different to what you've done before? Is it, you know, exciting to do something like this? And, you know, how does it differ? And tell us a bit more about 503 as well and what you've been doing there as well.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. It's... It's kind of different to a, the the standard play you get. What I did at Five to Three, it's it's very different, but it's actually really similar to a lot of the immersive stuff and site specific stuff I've done, um, where you have to really think about the surround, the surroundings, the effect on the actors, the breath. Um, so in that sense, um, it, it encompasses a lot, and it's quite challenging that way. But um, The actors did really well. Um, We discussed a lot about images and um, working with the breath and how you kind of situate yourself in the environment that the play is set. Hmm. Um, And, yeah, regards with 503, it was a fantastic theatre to work at. Uh, We did a play called Lobster. Um, It went down really well. Uh, What was that about? Tell us a bit about that. It was uh, a modern-day love story. It was two young women kind of tackling the how to live in South London when you're kind of trying to establish where you are in the world and where you are in the world of love as well. Um, and it was a piece of new writing, which is really important, and it was been developed with the same production team for two years now and it's a, it was his second uh, London show, London run, um, which is really, really important because working with new writers is such an important relationship um, because you have a creative relationship that can develop in so many ways and you learn as much from the writers as you do the creatives, mm. um, the actors and the directors and the producers and so on. So I, I think it's really important to encourage those sort of relationships to continue and to, keep on working together because, um, as I say, you learn a lot from each other um, and it's a really valuable experience to develop with writers. And it's really important to get new voices, especially in the kind of current climate we're in. The world is changing every day and we're not running out of stories to tell. We're just finding the stories that haven't been told yet. Um, So I think it's really important to support new writing and they are the ones who will carry on traditions that we've known already but also get the right balance with innovation and new styles. Um, I recently did a science fiction theater festival, which I'm definitely, wow. it, which fantastic. Is, It's fantastic because it's actually a completely unexplored genre. It was the first one, the first London sci-fi festival a theater ever. Um, so yeah, when you support new writers, that's what you get, new genres that are completely unexplored um, and have a very exciting future. so.
1: Yes, I would imagine the liquid nitrogen sort of rental in that one in that one <laughs> oh, theater alone. Excessive. Yeah,
2: so
0: much, so much, <laughs> excessive. Does it does it impact what you choose? Are you more likely to choose sort of new writing and like advocate for new writing? Does it does it have a big am- impact on what you want to produce as a director? or like you know what you want to see or you know that sort of thing
2: absolutely Um, it's a tough balance to get because obviously we we don't want to ignore the greats that have come before us and a lot of the new writers you meet have strong connections and inspirations and aspire to to write or engage with readers like previous writers have done so I think it's about getting that right balance Um, but I think there should be more faith put into new writers because they're brilliant and they're discovering really exciting things. Um, And I highly encourage any piece of new writing you see in London, whether it be a Fringe venue or West End show, um, put your faith in them because that's what will develop them and allow them to grow and learn from this ever changing industry. That's such a nice sentiment. Mm. So great. (laughs) So great.
1: Um, Yes, so we've also added a link to your website. So if you're interested in keeping up to date with any of Charlotte's work, please follow the links in the bio down below.
0: Um, Actually, another point that we've got is, um, as with every episode on this podcast, um, each episode is directed by a woman. Yay, yay, yay women. Um, <laughs> but every episode... In... <laughs> That's the every... most
1: unenthusiastic, like, real motive.
0: <laughs> yes! No, every episode in this series is directed by a female director. Do you feel that there is more... There are more women... We asked Georgia this um, later in the series, yeah. actually, in our next episode. But um, do you think that we're getting closer to having a better quota of female directors, strong female voices behind projects as well? Not just new writing, but sort of across the board.
2: Absolutely. And I'm actually very fortunate that um, throughout all I've done and all of my career thus far, I have only ever had women on my team bar um, two projects. And it was uh, fantastic men who were producing and they were brilliant. Um, So I've been very fortunate. I actually... It's been a thing that I haven't thought about because it is changing. It absolutely mm. is changing. Um, all of my projects this, uh, projects this year have been female-led. Um, and I think it just shows that there is a, there is a change happening and um, it's it's really, really wonderful to see and it's far really liberating for the arts. It's exciting, It's yeah. extremely exciting and I only hope that it will continue to progress. So do we. Mm. Yes. Um, So there are
0: three other very silent voices currently (laughs) (laughs) in this booth. In this booth with us, so we have uh, Leanne Thomas and uh, David. Um, Guys, how's it been working on a podcast? I know David and Tom, you guys do a lot of voiceover. You've seasoned voiceover performers, but Leanne, this is your first voiceover and podcast as well yeah yeah that's right yeah how have you found it this is a change from sort of you've done quite a lot of tv theater and musical theater that's how we met yeah true, true. many moons ago many, many <laughs> moons ago at school you can, um, we can
1: actually sort of go around and just go from a newbie to podcasting and then when it gets to sort of the elite who've actually done it a number of times they can give a critique of how oh, it you want to critique to be Leanne? <laughs> well, I
0: mean, oh, Leanne actually. wants to
1: offer a critique as well.
0: Oh, okay, this this works both ways. Yeah. But how's it how's it been for you for as a first timer?
3: I've thoroughly enjoyed it because it's completely different. Like it's a different skill set. Like you have to really think about your breath. Like really, like what you're saying. Mm. Like like focus even more. Not that you don't do that normally, but you know what I mean. You've
0: only got one thing. You've <laughs> yeah, only you've only got, got, one got thing like to engage yeah,
3: with. like one one tool, as it were. No, it's great that there's like new writing, all female, you know, directors as well. It's great. Um, And new writing is definitely something that I'm interested in anyway. And the fact that it's also a new thing on a podcast for me. It's also great. I've just enjoyed it, really. And it's definitely something that I think I would like to do more of. Mm. I mean, hello, voice reel. I'm going to go get one. I was going to
0: say, if this is not an advert to anybody listening <laughs> to pick <laughs> <quickly> Leanne <laughs> up. Um, and as with all the other actors as well, um, all the links to their spotlights and voice reels and their own websites, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, uh, will all be in their bios um, on our website. Um, so if you want to have a click on those, um, you'll be able to see what they're all up to at the moment.
1: Cool. So, um, <laughs> I've got a couple more questions, actually, Anne. Um, um,
0: okay. <laughs> why <laughs> I, why of, do I feel a bit scared? The look off? Of, fear. Yeah. The look yeah.
3: of? fear.
1: So, I mean, not just to, uh, to say that you haven't necessarily been on podcasts. You have been in quite a number of other things. Sure. Yeah. Including the backing vocalists for Series Twelve of the X Factor. Yeah. yeah, so uh, not to eliminate any audience listeners, but who was your favourite contestant in Series 12? <laughs> <laughs> and why was it Reggie and Bolly? Because that's where I went to uni.
3: What?
1: Uh, we're there from Guildford's and oh, okay. that's where I went to uni. So Reggie and Bolly all the way
3: okay yeah they were great they were really nice guys i had a soft spot for lauren and che i mean this isn't going to mean anything to anybody i don't think <laughs> um <laughs> could be.
1: there's one niche crossover there's like two people listening to this who were just like i was into that series
3: that's true they could be um it was definitely x factor working on the x factor was definitely an experience um completely different because i would like just graduated from drama school and it was like my first like proper job, as it were.
1: That's a pretty serious proper yeah, job. It's
3: pretty decent. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um there was glamorous sides and there was non-glamorous sides to it as well.
1: Can you give us some, like, the behind-the-scenes
3: I'm probably not. I could get oh, into no, trouble. She, she, might, she might not
0: ever get employed by the X Factor again. Okay. want right. to keep her on I'm, I'm going <laughs> to
1: raise my hand from the waist up. How tall were Simon Cowell's trousers in real life? Because <laughs> re- I've got a theory that they edited <laughs> that. them down for the camera. But <laughs> they definitely <like, laughs>
3: like, okay, edited so it down. Okay, so it's just
1: like... Yeah, yeah, I'm above areola for anyone <laughs> at home. Okay.
3: Yeah, um so you I mean,
0: shot you all of her beard. <laughs> <laughs> so,,
1: uh, from that side as well, how does it sort of compare being on the vocal side but more singing as opposed to essentially talking, but um, in a very talented way?
3: They are completely different. Is it bad to say that I kind of prefer this? No, no no, definitely not, no, it's encouraged. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you want, we can give because, you more beer for you to say. Yeah. It's definitely better. I
3: think for like backing vocals, it's completely different because when you're backing somebody, you know you're not in the spotlight, yeah, you know, yeah, no. um it is completely different. um from the aspect of the rehearsals are completely different. You know, at the end of the day, you're just not just singing because that's a skin in itself, whereas taking it from the acting side of like the podcast. Mm that is kind of where my heart is it's like getting into the characters and stuff like that whereas the singing mm-hmm. is just you have to have that toolbox as it were anyway for singing mm. whereas you know there's not really much you're just backing somebody you just need to know your notes really Fine. Do, do you know what I mean? I know what you mean.
1: And on that, knowing your notes, did the vocal training help with your whistling exercises for this podcast? No,
3: not at all. (laughs) Definitely not. There was a
0: lot of whistling takes that are not included, (laughs) although I feel like we should just include a whistling track just at the end. Do you reckon we we
1: could actually go round at the end and see if we can all hit? the final I think we should do a little I think we should
0: do a little chorus of that section of whistling and see if we can get it no no not around oh okay sing it together it's like a nice little group whistle to Ah, round off the episode. final jingle (laughs) final jingle for the episode we're (laughs) good stay tuned we'll do that in a bit
1: sit tight anyway David hello hello how are you doing I'm very good thanks good so you currently appear on a weekly podcast called Sunday Night Stories which is a fantastic podcast, and you should definitely all go check it out once you finish listening to this. But uh, tell us a bit more about it, and also you work for Audio AudioJam. Um, well, it's all kind of um,
4: uh, new writers, um, primarily of you know podcast and radio dramas, who just kind of yeah just send their stuff to the websites. Um, the uh, administrators of both are very encouraging, and um, it's um, it, both websites have a kind of. Um, a slightly different take on how they produce them. Um, Sunday Night Stories is has um, a collective of a few voiceover artists. I think it's about five or six. And they essentially... Um, uh, Emily, who runs it, sort of sends... She gets given scripts and then or, um stories or monologues and then sends them off to whichever actor she thinks is the most useful. They record okay. it at home and then they send them back and that's kind of uh, the way that uh, she does things. And... Um, with Audio Jam, it's, um, it's set in... Uh, well, I say it's set. It's, um, the recording studio is in Hungerford, in Berkshire, um, and I live in Reading, so that's a really kind of easy commute for me. Um, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: know. It's all about
3: the travel. I mean, yeah. cheers, cheers for also
1: coming into London as well for this. Oh, oh, and Leanne as well t-
3: for travelling in. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah just, needs, just move back.
1: Commitment. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Commitment,
0: yeah. commitment.
4: Oh, that's terrible. Such a trek. Oh, it's an hour to get home. Oh, oh God. Terrible. terrible. So
1: sorry.
0: I
4: mean, yeah. let's
1: not go too hasty. It takes me an hour to get home and I'm in <laughs> London. <laughs> Public
0: transport. Um,
1: and the rent is cheaper.
0: So, audio jam, So you, <laughs> so you record in Hungerford.
4: Yeah, and um, it's... Yeah, we kind of have yeah, four or five actors, however many are needed for what's on there. And... Um, yeah there's uh, again it it was set up by a guy called Neil who now has sort of taken a step back from it it's run by someone else now but he originally started it as a because he writes he's a published author he's written loads of plays loads of uh, monologues as well and so it was just a vehicle for him to sort of get his work out there but now um, they have competitions whereby people from all over the world can just send in their um, their stories and it's it's a good combination of stuff there's um, proper monologues from characters Um, there's sort of epic uh, audio plays Um, uh, there's a few classical works on that and then there's just sort of standard storytelling and uh, and it's great it's um, it really gives um, you a chance to to sort of explore versatility as well especially doing a story because you can do different character voices and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and And is that done
0: by is that done by a collective as well or is that is that just sort of individual actors coming in sort of as and when they needed that sort of thing
4: um, well, I think, because um, they're kind of revamping it this year, so I th- um, a woman called uh, Ginny runs it now, and she kind of...
0: Hi, Ginny. <laughs> yeah, hi, if you're listening. Hi, Ginny. Uh,
4: yeah, plugging you, like I said I would. Um, <laughs> she has kind of a nucleus of about four actors who she's who have been doing it since it started, mm. about three years ago. But uh, recently she just put out a casting call on um, uh, Mandy Voices, um, just encouraging, you know... More people. Yeah, more people who are up for it, Um you know, and it's not that uh, hard to get to Hungerford as well. Uh, a friend of mine who lives in London sort of comes to Reading. And I, you know, we have a little road trip to Hungerford. Uh, sure. But oh, and, uh, nice. if you go on the website, it's um, you know they're always looking for more voices and always looking for more writing. So That's
1: Thomas fair. Judd, the first thing I wrote was the Manta Pro voiceover Don because he walked in and immediately first take killed all of the intros for this.
0: Flawed the intros yeah. for this for this episode. So well done. So
1: I have <laughs> okay. got more of your bio now, but like. <laughs> After that point, so do you want to tell us about, um, you have worked in a plethora of audiobooks and podcast and commercial VOS. so do you want to tell us a bit about what you've sort of done, what's your history?
5: Yeah, well I'm, I suppose my main line of work is audiobooks, that's what I've been doing a lot of for the last sort of eight years or so. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed this experience because actually that's quite a solitary experience. It's just sort of you've got,
0: you're a obviously working with yourself. a producer,
5: but you are in some of them. They, they, you are genuinely in a box. It's not an exaggeration. You are sitting in a little kind of thing that's hardly bigger than you are. So
0: which we should say is quite a feat because Tom is actually six foot five. <laughs> exactly. <So laughs> yeah. To put him in a very small box is quite. A I used to work at a place where they
5: had to put the tables. The table legs on books so that I could fit under the table. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, Um, so yeah, that's been my yeah, my my bread and butter really, and it's 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 really enjoyable, but. this has been a lovely collaborative experience it's been very, very different for me so yeah it's been really fun
1: so unlike me who immediately got lost after two sentences of the script to read for the intro <laughs> that's your sort of bread and butter you could do that before you get out of bed in the morning
5: well it depends I mean I have a I have a small child so it depends how much sleep I've had I, ah, think. Uh, I had a good night's sleep last night so that's probably why I was a bit that's on right. form <laughs> <a> bit. <laughs> would,
1: you, would you say that possibly the reading to the child has helped with being able to Definitely, like, seamlessly yeah, that's through. not my
5: car has really Taught me the ins and outs of uh, of audiobook I delivery. I was yeah. going
0: to say your kid must have like the best bedtime stories <laughs> ever.
5: That's if he's not watching Pointless. That that tends to be. <laughs> so, uh. Good night, now my child.
1: <laughs> just... Or he'll just have you'll just be reading sort of the Iliad rather than just sort yeah yeah <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dog. So I mean I tend to get lost after quite a few chapters and immediately fall asleep when I'm reading a book. I would imagine if you're having to read an audiobook, do they have a sort of poking stick <laughs> to make sure you keep awake after a while? I, I mean, or...
5: I've definitely um, got sort of halfway through a chapter and I've heard the producer go, Oh, oh sorry, Tom. Um,
1: You've fallen asleep.
5: No, he's fallen asleep. <laughs> that has happened once before. I I have like maybe a slightly soporific delivery sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, it does require a lot of concentration, actually. And by the end of the day, Despite the fact that you've been sat down yeah. for mm. eight hours, you are quite tired by the end of it. Yeah, but um,
1: yeah. Do you d- uh, do you um, tend to find that you'll have? Uh, do you have to do a lot of character voices, or is it a lot more?
5: It depends entirely on the material. Obviously, I've, oh, okay. I've got a couple of books coming up, so this this is the, the example of how diverse it is. So the book <laughs> I'm doing next week is a it's sort of a medical fiction book.
1: Exactly. The week after
5: that, I'm doing sci fi and fantasy.
1: Hold on, medical non-fiction audiobook? Yeah. Wait, so no, but it's actually it's, it's a lot more interesting the... than it sounds. It's sort <laughs> of anecdotal. It's
5: anecdotal stuff. It's a, it's a guy who um, he's a, he's a GP and he's he writes. About lots of medical phenomena, and then applies it to real life. It's it's not just like a textbook.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I was gonna say it's like medics are us. I'm just
1: imagining a bunch of medical students who haven't crammed enough, and then you're their voice as they go to bed at night. There is a weird and wonderful world of that, though, because I know that the Economist
5: gets um yeah, the
0: Economist they read the Economist.
5: So I would not be surprised if there is a you know (laughs) someone's done the BNF or something. Yeah,
0: God, thrilling. I
1: mean. But yeah, so I mean, um, other than that, you've also worked across a number of sort of more commercial VOs. How does that compare to the audiobook world?
5: I mean, it's, it's very quick in comparison. (laughs) You tend to make a lot more money in that time. (laughs) 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 Yeah. You're it's, in and out in fifteen minutes sometimes. I was gonna uh, say normally really? the
0: less things you have to say, the more money it, the yeah. more money it makes. Also
5: in terms of direction, like audiobooks, you don't tend to get a lot of direction. It's kind of like, left it's left in your hands, which is really nice. You have a lot of control. Um whereas commercial stuff you might be patched into the client who's in Italy and they're telling you, Can you say that one word slightly louder? And it's that <laughs> it's that it's that precise. Yeah. And you might end up doing like Dozens of takes of something.
1: Are there any weird phrases that they asked for, the, sort of like the infliction of things that not laymen wouldn't know about?
5: That I thought was it's not sort of um, toast of London style, really. It, it's <laughs> close. <laughs> it's close. Saying, sometimes that is what I was hinting some to. Those, us, yeah. Some of it is very close to the bone, actually. There's um, there has
0: been so many Toast of London references whilst we have been in this booth over the last <laughs> few weeks by you Aaron which are, are all new fan. to me all new to me um
1: have you watched any of it yet?
0: I've I've watched bits of it yeah
1: okay good
0: I'm now gradually getting all the references by the end of this series I should be uh, should be a pro
1: Wait till so. you get to Garth Marenghi's dark place that's when you've reached oh, yeah. deep <laughs> mat area yeah, Barry yeah. Oh. um crazy. Anyway
0: <laughs> as well guys um having done lots of voiceover and and sort of working in the industry i guess um sort of to both of you what would you say to people who are interested in getting into voiceover so are there avenues that you guys took when you wanted to first get into it or was it just sort of like the draw something you got into obviously you guys have lovely wonderful as you said soporific voices um but it's, it, but a good it's thing? <laughs> <laughs> i think so i think so um but i think it's that sort of you know what what can people do if they also want to be involved in things like this? Obviously, you were talking about, you know, submitting yourselves to sort of lots of castings and things. But is there a way that you've sort of managed to get yourself in there from sort of being a graduating actor or whatever? Any um, tips and tricks?
4: Well, the the first thing I did when I left drama school was to um, just get a voice reel done. Mm. And so that was just a case of, you know, reading out some adverts and sort of uh, documentary takes and then just because as soon as um, someone clicks on your spotlight and you have that as a reference straight away, I think first and foremost, that's the kind of that's the best thing to have. And yeah. also, um, I also got some uh, monologues done. So and some little storytelling bits as well. So it's just a case of uh, one file advertise, you know, I can do commercial stuff. And with the other ones try and showcase, you know, I can do acting. <laughs> and here are some accents and voices, which I'm a... Lots
0: of bits and pieces show lots of diversity. Make sure you've got all of those different types of reels on there, so that people can hear them. Exactly.
4: If
5: people can just hear it at a whim, then
4: that's uh, the first step,
5: I think. Yeah. Mm. And actually, nowadays, from a technical point of view, the the equipment that you need to to do stuff for yourself Mm. is getting cheaper and cheaper. So there are, you know, you can get a decent mic for not a huge amount of money. Yeah. So you and, and actually soundproofing, as long as you can find a you know, I I do it in my wardrobe with a duvet behind me and stuff. It's
0: very I, I very. Yeah. I sit on my bed with a with a blanket over my head. Yeah, I was going to say my yeah.
1: when from sort of recording radio shows in the past, we've had to get DJs or whatever to do all of their vocal reels. They've been in a hotel room and we've just been like, right, literally just record and put a towel over your head. And then we put that out on radio. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Or did we? Tricks of the trade. <laughs> yeah.
0: You'll never know. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's yeah, it's a it's it's a good thing and getting a voice real is obviously like sort of a good a great first start. And then any any places that you guys recommend, obviously on Spotlight, Mandy Voices, obviously that's yeah. how we mainly advertise for this project as well. Um but obviously it's there's lots of different avenues to do to do it, I guess. Yeah?
5: Yeah, I suppose those are the, those are the main ones. Yeah. I know that there are other websites that I haven't really tr- sort of tapped into yet, but uh, I know there's um, there's like Voices dot com. Yeah, I tried Voice 1, um,
4: 2, 3. Uh Star Now, um, mm. that, that casting website, and that's um, that got me quite. That got me the um, Hungerford job. Oh uh, no, jam. So. That could be one to look at.
0: Okay, so we're going to try a little whistle now. <laughs>
1: right, can we just go through what it is exactly? Because I've right. forgotten.
0: Charlotte is going to do the whistle for us because... She's the pro. Charlotte is the pro in the room. Thank you. Um, we got her in to do some little little voice pro bits there. Um, so a little whistling pro. So if you want to do the whistle, and then we will all together whistle
3: the tune. <laughs>
1: Everyone's looking at me going, oh. don't make me do this. Would you be able to make us be able to do it in a harmony? As um, as a vocally trained, I don't. Person. I mean, I couldn't
3: even do the whistle in the first place. But. <laughs> don't I, tell them that. <laughs> let's let's.
0: Okay, so if Charlotte, if you kick off, if you do the full the full okay. part, and then and then we'll we'll sing it back to you.
2: Absolutely, my pleasure.
0: Okay, yeah. now we're all going to do it. Okay. Right, everybody ready? And.
1: <laughs> that was Nailed great. It. Yes. Smash Enter it. the podcast. <laughs> Cheers, guys. All
5: of the glass in the room has smashed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left. And. Um, so, like I say, thank you so much, guys, um, for taking part in tonight's podcast. Uh, for more information on this and all of our other episodes, uh, please check out our website at jtunvoice.squarespace.com or follow us on Twitter at JT Unvoice. Thank you very much thank for you. coming in tonight. Oh, thank thank you. you so much. Cheers. Tonight's Unvoiced After Show was hosted by Louisa Smith and Aaron Rush. For more information on this and all of our other episodes, check out our website at jtunvoiced.squarespace.com or follow us on Twitter at jtunvoiced. This is Unvoiced.